Thank you. 
if I'm just managing time. And you know, when you start on repentance, you need a hundred days. Amen. Are you well, Bazalwan? You are well, we bless the Lord. So I just wanted, Ubaba, after having spoken about sin and the impact of sin in our lives and in the, on the earth, uh, it demanded that we also start dealing with repentance. I guess it's a repentance. Amen. That's the, one of the blood of the DNA of this house. It's repentance. Why repentance, Bazalwan? It's because we want to be counted as a remnant who will be able to host revival when the Lord releases the revival from heaven. Amen. It is possible together like this and, and never experience revival. Find ourselves just gathering like this gather like this every Sunday and never really experience the fullness of heaven. That which the Lord wants us to experience, it is possible to never break into it, especially when we neglect repentance. So repentance is key in preparing the way. Repentance is key in receiving the kingdom. Amen, Bazalwan. Repentance is key in breaking into a new season, whether as a nation or as a church, most import importantly, Bazalwan, as an individual. A life of repentance positions us to a place where we are able to receive the kingdom of God. And we're just going to cover a few scriptures that talks about that. Amen. So what is repentance, Bazalwan? What is repentance? Can I hear uh, one of our scholars? <laughs> what is repentance? We've talked, we've spoken about repentance, we've taught about repentance. What is repentance in, t in simple terms? Yes, Mandy. I thought you were. It's to turn. Yeah, simple. To turn. We don't do a 360 turn, which is a circle. You do a 180 turn. You are on one point, you leave that point in, in one direction, and you go to the next point and you go the different direction. Amen. Repentance is to turn. If you are writing notes, repentance is a 180 degree turn. It is not just turning, Bazalwan. Or else, if you're just turning, you'll be dizzy. But we turn from one focus, from one thing to God. We turn from sin and we turn to God. Amen. So repentance is turning from sin and turning to God. Amen. Um, one another question is, is it possible to not be able to repent? Yes or no? Is it possible to find yourself in a place where you can no longer repent? It's not. 
beyond repairs. Let's read Hebrews chapter 12. It covers my, my next point, which what repentance is. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 17. Then you answer me again, man. Utilana, <laughs> O Hebrews 12, verse 17. For you know that afterwards, Pascalex is 16, 15. Let's just cover the whole story. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble by its many becoming defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. 17, for you know that afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to, he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. This is New Testament re referring to an event that happened in the Old Testament. So in the New Testament, we are sealing many things that were initiated in the Old Testament. So is it possible for one to reach a point where they cannot repent or not? It's possible. So repentance is time bound. If we want to continue in stubbornness, there comes a time where God hands us over to our own devices. Romans 1. Read the whole of Romans 1. Where God says, then he handed them over. We sober today. We're writing down notes. So it is, it's possible, Bazalwane, to get to a point where you are handed over to your own disobedience and to your own rebellion and to your own stubbornness. And God allows you to. You prosper, you think that God does not see, God is not quick to act, God is, is slow, God is blind. It, it, he hands you over to a point that you think that he does not see. Read Romans 1, okay? So repentance is to turn from sin to God. It is time-bound or season-bound. So when there is a season, when God, um, like it happened to the children of Israel, through history, he would send the prophets. He would send the judges warning his children of their stubbornness. They would repent for a while and then they would go back to their, to their sinful ways. There came a time, Bazalwane, when God said, Nebuchadnezzar is my servant. When God said a wicked king is his servant that will oppress a people who refuse to repent. 
Amen. So can we just pray now? Lord, help me to recognize your voice calling me to turn, calling me to repent. Can we pray that for a few minutes? Help me, Father, not to lose the opportunity to not repent. Lord, help me not to lose the time and the season of repentance. Help me to hear your voice. Help me to hear those warning me to turn. Lord, I pray right now, don't hand me over to my own stubbornness. You are praying. I'm praying for myself. Lord, do not hand me over to my own stubbornness. Don't hand me over to my own wickedness. Because if I were to be left to my heart's devices, I will end up in hell. So, Father, right now, I want to respond to your call for me to repent. Lord, help me not to be like Esau. Help me not to have his DNA of losing my birthright, losing my inheritance, losing my destiny because I have refused to repent in the time when you have called me to repent. Right now, Lord, even as I'm hearing this message, thank you for your grace. Because I'm hearing this message as a result of your grace, as a result of your goodness. Do not hand me over. Do not hand me over. Have mercy on me. Amen. Matthew 3. I'll address your questions. I know, I know your questions. But in Tsengwa, I just still have two. Matthew 3, 2. We need to be sober, Bazalwan. You know when the Bible says, oh, Esau lost his inheritance. So Esau, there were things that he was supposed to enjoy in life. But he couldn't enjoy in life because he refused to repent when repentance was called on him. So there are inheritance and, and there is even prosperity. There are prayers that will never be answered because I, even if you were to go on your face, Tiwalana is a sort for repentance with his own life. He sought for it. He wept for it. He went on his face. But God had reached a point where that was it. Amen. Now, many times in our generation, we have reached a point where even many ministries do not believe in repentance. We believe in once saved, always saved. There is a demonic 
teaching. That will rob you of heaven. One saved, not always saved. You can lose your position and your inheritance of eternal life. We've read a few scriptures and I didn't write them down because I didn't think I was going to mention this. There's a time in, in Revelations where, where Jesus says, I will blot you out of the book of life. So you were there. You were once in the book of life. But because you refused to repent, he takes an eraser. Oh, Jesus, being merciful, having died for you, having bled for us, he now takes the opportunity to rub you out, rub my name out of the book of life. We don't want to reach that point, Bazalwane. Now, because of the creeping doctrines of demons in, 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 in the churches, Bazalwane, in assemblies, we find that the teaching of repentance has stopped, has been stopped because we believe in eternal security, the gospel of eternal security, which is a false gospel, which gives you false hope. That is why when we die in funerals, we even lie and say, you know, they've gone to heaven. Even if last week they did something to someone, you know, but it's not our place to judge. And if that's what we say, say good things. But these are the lies that we tell ourselves, Bazalwan. God is so good that he will never put his children in hell, no matter how much they reject him. That's not true. And also, God is so good that if you are good, he will let you in without having accepted his son. Now, we always make this joke at home. Uguti, if a good person, if a person were to knock here at the door and say uh, with his bags or her bags and says, no, I want to, I want to move in here. And we ask them, Uguti, but who are you? No, I'm just a good person. Would you let them into your house? They have the bags. Knock, knock, knock. They're wearing white robes. And they have a halo. And they tell you, Uguti, they want to live in your house forever. And the reason they want to live in your house forever is because they are a good person. We don't do it as human beings. Why do we think that God, after having not followed the protocol of accessing him, we think that he will allow us in his house? We don't ever really. The reason why you won't let this person in who is here in front of your door with bags, the reason why you won't let them in is because you have no relationship with them, right? They, is not, they can't even say, no, your aunt, down your granny's bloodline, I know them. They, they have no relation, no DNA, yet they expect you to open your doors and let them in to live with your sons and your daughters just because they say they're a good person. Goodness is not enough, Bazalwan. Only the blood of Jesus. Amen. So if you read Matthew 3, verse uh, 2, 
it says that repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Oh, verse 1, for in those days, John the Baptist came preaching what? Preaching in the wilderness of Judea. He was preaching what? The message of repentance. He was preaching what? The message of repentance. In Matthew 4, verse 17, let's go there. It says that after Jesus was tempted, he was then released to preach. In verse 17, it says, For from that time, Jesus began to do what? To preach. Saying what? Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist, in his wilderness ministry, he preached repentance. Jesus, the Son of God, one, he is in the Trinity. He comes, he doesn't say many things, yet he says repent. For the kingdom of heaven is what is at hand. So it is possible, or the prerequisite of being able to receive and host the kingdom of heaven is what? Repentance. It is us turning from our sins and turning to God. The prerequisite of us having to experience Matthew 6.10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is repentance. It's nothing else. It is not our giving as much as giving is important. It is not my singing as much as singing and worshiping is important. It is not my goodness. It is not sacrifice, but it is repentance. I would say repentance. Father, help me to repent. Father, help me to repent. Father, help me to respond to your call for repentance. So, what are we seeing, Bazalwane, on the earth right now? We are seeing a manifestation of a kingdom already, right? If we see the crime rate heightened, the rapes, the killing, the abortions, everything else that we are seeing a manifestation of, it is a manifestation of a kingdom that we are ushering in, that we are making room and space for it to be established on the earth. What we are seeing on the earth is what we have made room and space for, Tina. What we are seeing on the earth is what we have rolled out a red carpet for. So to, to actually experience something different, we need to roll out a different carpet. If we are to experience the kingdom of heaven being established on the earth and people benefiting 
from the existence and from the atmosphere of heaven on the earth. We need to roll out a carpet that allows the king of heaven to walk onto the earth and to manifest himself. And that carpet is called what, Bazalwane? Repentance. John the Baptist said it. Jesus says it. Jesus says it in the book of Revelation over and over again. So we have more than two witnesses in the New Testament calling for what, Bazalwane? For repentance. So we have no excuse to not repent. We have no reason to listen to a different gospel that tells us that we don't have to repent because Jesus has done it all. Jesus did it all for us to be able to repent. Amen. So now we are ushering a kingdom. As we are praying, John, uh, Matthew 6.10, we also do things that enable for the kingdom of heaven to land on the earth. We must know that, Bazalwan, we are receiving the kingdom of God. Matthew, oh, 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 Hebrews 12 talks about that. Hebrews 12.28, let's go there. I hope you've got your pen. If you don't have your Bible, taking notes. I'm just doing an introduction today. Okay, Bazalwan. Hebrews 12, verse 28. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. I want us to just Capture that word. We are receiving. We are in a process of what? Receiving. That means the kingdom is coming in installment. Installments. So the kingdom is coming to the extent that I am able to carry it, to hold it. So God will only release the installment that I am able to carry. And I create space to be able to hold and carry the kingdom through repentance. Repentance is making room and space so that I am able to receive the kingdom that is coming. It's coming now. Now as I speak, it is coming. And we are receiving, each and every one of us, it's either you are receiving or you're not receiving, or you, or, but you are receiving in a measure, even now. As you receive the word, you are receiving in a measure. As you meditate on the word, as I'm reading the word and you receive the word, you are receiving the measure of the kingdom. And the measure of the kingdom you are receiving will manifest itself. It will manifest through you applying and showing fruit and bearing fruit of the fact that you have received a seed and it is now bearing fruit. So we are receiving. It's a, it's a continuous process. We are receiving. I'm receiving. 
when I pray and, and I'm praying and I'm, and, and I'm praying the word and I'm praying in tongues and I'm in communion with Jesus, I'm in a process of re receiving. Amen, Bazalwan. It's, it won't be like this big bang theory. It won't come like a falling aeroplane. It's coming. Now it is coming. It is landing. Amen. So we need to make room and space for the kingdom. And in order for me to receive the kingdom, I need to walk and, and, and cultivate a culture of repentance. I must live a lifestyle of repentance. Repentance is a privilege. It is not a burden. It's a privilege because it can be lost. It's something that there could come a time where I can no longer enjoy it. Must read Hebrews 6, where it talks about the fact that there are those who lost their privilege of, of relationship through repentance because they kept on practicing sin. Practicing. Repentance is not, I repent and going back to doing the same thing. Repentance is turning, Bazalwan. So the revival we are desperate for, the revival that we so deeply need, Bazalwan, will only come by us making room for it to come and to be made manifest. Acts chapter 3.19, Baba's favorite scripture. Let's go there. The revival that we desperately, desperately need will come when we begin to create space, when we give, begin to create room for it to land, when we begin to create a landing strip. Amen. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out that times of what? Of refreshing may come. So times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. They will only come through repentance. Repentance is a door, Bazalwan, for the kingdom of God to enter into this world, on, onto the earth. And made and be made manifest. Oh, to Second Chronicles. This is just foundation, Bazalwan. Because I want us to when the plane goes off, we are all in one, in, in the same plane. No one is left at the gate. Have you ever been left at the gate? I was almost left in the, at the gate. Is on this plane, and I found myself begging. It's possible for the plane to land or to leave you. So, say you've bought the ticket for 2,000 Rand, you've woken up at 4 o'clock, you were at the airport an hour before, and then you go around and you shop 
and you forget that we are harmed. Then next thing, you don't even hear your name being called. Next thing, the gates are closed. The plane leaves without you. I mean, I don't want to stay behind. Nobody. I mean, you know those movies, stay behind, left behind. I don't want to be left behind. And I hope you also no, don't want to be left behind. So I will prepare myself so that I am not left behind. Oh, the famous repentance scripture is found in Second Chronicles 7 verse 14. Uti, if my people, but let's start to verse 12. Uti, then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I have heard your prayers and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Then God says to him, when I shut up the heavens so that, so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. If I do these things and there is a season of drought, the, 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 the sky is like brass, there is no rain coming in, even in the season of rain. If God does these things, the only game changer will be found in verse 14. Uti, if these things, if I've done these things, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, I would say humble myself, and pray, pray, I would say pray, and seek my face, I would say seek his face, and turn from my wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers that is being made in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. So the game changer for me to experience a new season in my life, having experience, because it is possible, Bazalwane, in your life to experience brass skies. It is possible for me to walk under a brass, an iron sky. Because of sin, because of iniquity. It is possible in my life, Kuisama and people are prospering. It is possible for me to walk on barren land. Repentance changes the seasons of my life because God was just not here speaking generally. He was speaking to Israel, but he was also speaking to us as individuals. Because he says, if my people, Solomon Lana has been praying, if a person sins and, and he, broke, he broke down all the things that we could air in Bazalwan. All our failings, Solomon was tabulating everything that we could fail in. But at the end of his prayer, he says, but if they come to this place, Will you hear their prayers? And God responds and says, yes, I will hear. I will hear. 
But there's a condition for me, for my ears to be open. There's a condition, and that condition is called repentance. Why is repentance very hard in our generation? If you read 2 Timothy, let's go there, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Why is repentance difficult? Because repentance is about humbling myself. It is about going on my face. It is about going low. Repentance, all of a sudden, is about not seeing myself as so important. Now, we're living in a generation that is very important to itself. Our opinion is so important. My point of view is so important. How I choose to live my life is, the, is, is, is very important. It is very difficult, Bazalwane, for our generation to go low. It's very difficult. I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry, dad. Upuma. And you'd pick up in, in our generation. Instead of us saying sorry, we want to give you a reason why we are disobeying. This is us, Bazalwan. It's us. We do that. We want to give you a reason why we did it this way. Even if I, I'm telling you now that you are wrong. No, yes, I know now that I'm wrong, but I did it because we want to give God reasons why we are, we are continuing in the wrong. Introduction, right? Next week, we're going to start nicely. Oliver will tell you, no, let's explain nicely. Next week, we will start nicely. Why is it so difficult, Bazalwan, for our generation to repent? Young and old. Young and old. If I offend my neighbor and I know that I've offended them, I will not go to them to say I'm sorry. So, Palamas, status 120 on WhatsApp. I won't go and confront them face to face and say, I am so sorry that I offended you. 120 statuses. Because we are full of pride. It is so difficult for us to go low. We can't say I'm sorry. We can't say forgive me. And if we can't say I'm sorry to a physical person in front of me, how much more are we so stubborn before God whom we do not see? I read a rabbi's um, commentary on repentance. I love reading the old people's commentaries. You know, these Jewish long words. Uh, so he writes, Utimai balange repentance. Uti repentance is like or living, walking a life of repentance is when a person, we must understand that a person sits differently when they are sitting with people 
And they sit differently when they are sitting by themselves. A person, you know, rabbis, they, they, they walk with you. They will hold your hand. A person behaves differently around people. And they behave differently when they are by themselves. Uti, if only people would understand. Uti, it is immaterial to act differently or to act right because you are with people and acting the way you want to act when you know that no one sees you. It's immaterial because God sees you all the time. So if you're going to sit, because you are seeing me, and you do anyhow when I'm not in front of you, you are fooling yourself. Because God is with you even when I'm not with you. So a, living a life of repentance is sitting as if you are sitting amongst many. Because demons are witnessing. Angels are witnessing. The Trinity is witnessing. When you want to behave because you are seeing me. And when I'm not around, you want to behave the way you want to behave. So you don't have a revelation of living a life of purity and holiness and a, a, a life of repentance. Because you, you must understand where the scales tilt. I won't tilt your scales of going to heaven. I won't. Baba won't tilt your scales of going to heaven. The judge, the true and righteous judge will tilt the scales because of a testimony that has been written about me when no one was looking, when no one was seeing. That means I even discipline my emotions that no one sees because I know that God sees that deep. I even discipline the meditations of my heart because I understand that God sees that deep. I'm a fool and produce a smiling face, a nice face. Yet God sees the, the heart. A record is being written of the heart condition. Amen. Are we moving, Bazala? Are we, are we getting this? Yes, Lord. So, Father, we thank you for repentance. We thank you for the privilege of repentance. Baba Seabonguti, we understand even now that you have not yet handed us over. Otherwise, we wouldn't hear this message. <laughs> oh, Father, you're so merciful. Father, you're so gracious. You know, when God wants to walk with Israel in the wilderness, when God wants Israel to be his host and to host the glory on the earth. You know what it does? He teaches Israel the protocol of hosting him. He gives Israel a pattern of the tabernacle. He gives Israel the rules and regulations and the laws of cleansing and, and 
630 if I'm not mistaken. Imagine. 630 laws so that you are able to have communion with God. But we are very privileged, Mazalwane, in that God gives us Jesus. And he says, look at Jesus. Be in him. Kill everything that fights for you in terms of even being able to abide in him. I don't want to give you 630 rules. 630 rules will automatically be fulfilled if you find yourself in Jesus. Amen, Bazalwan. So when, when God wants to enable Israel to be able to, to, to host his glory, to host his presence, he gives Israel a protocol. He says, you will build a, a tabernacle, give them a long list, and there will be an outer court, an inner court. Within the inner court, there will be a holy place, and dividing the holy place, there will be the holy of holies. But the holy of holies is where I am, really. This is God. Holy of holies is where you will find my glory. But for you to be able to get there, there is a place for you to begin. That is in the outer court where blood and the no, no, uh, noises of goats and bulls is heard. Where there's a smell of flesh and a smell of blood. I need you to start on the altar. Repentance is an altar. Repentance is an altar where I die. Repentance is an altar where I lay down my life as a living sacrifice so that I am able to offer to God that which is acceptable and holy to him. Without having started at the altar, I can never get to see the glory of God and experience the glory of God. Now, because they were able to do and carry out those rituals, the Bible says their shoes didn't grow old. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their feet didn't swell. Israel was able to live in a perpetual paradise in the wilderness. Because they could host the presence of God. They were able to enjoy a season that was not enjoyed by the tribes and the, the sojourners. Because the, devil was, uh, the, the desert was a place where everyone was walking past. But Israel was walking differently because they were walking within protocol and they were able to host the glory of God. So they were able to even eat the food of angels. In the wilderness, to, uh, when they showed up, rocks had to give off water. The Bible says he turned the desert into streams. So if I were to experience streams, Ndobubaba was saying about the projections for 2021 and that the economy won't do well, Bazalwan. So if you are highly dependent on death and everything that is tying you to the system of this world, you are going to be in trouble. 
you want to transfer your, your investment and your security to the kingdom of heaven. This is what you want to do. You want to get, we are in a process, no Baba, of getting rid of our death. Like we want to be death free. And we can see now, we can see the light. I was telling Ubaba, he has 18 months, but we're talking something different. Because we have chosen to live a life of sacrifice now. We don't, Bazalan, I don't want any one of us in this room to be dependent on the system of, the, of this world. I want you, even if they want to run your credit record, you're not even dependent on them running your credit record. You want to buy it cash. I want you to believe for miracles of paid up bonds because you have transferred your investment to the kingdom of heaven. Don't say, oh, 20 years, do what, what. Hey, hey, don't believe in that. We must not rely on the kingdom of this world. It is crumbling. If you look at Zimbabwe, they cannot buy bread for 20 rand. They have to carry a bucket of money to buy bread. My family is there. They've learned to bake bread because the currency, they cannot afford bread. Not because they cannot afford it, but the economy, the system is such is so broken that they must learn to bake bread. I want us to be at that level, Bazalwan. Learn to bake bread. Learn to plant. Learn that, that learn doing things differently. Black Friday, I will Where can I put my money? Where will I put my money where it will grow? Yes, you know that God will give you wisdom of even buying the correct shares that will not be impacted by the crumbling economy. This is walking in the present and walking as a person in, under the umbrella of the presence of God. And when we begin to repent, repentance changes the way we think. It makes room and space for the mind of Christ to land here. And you begin to think differently. Amen. Before I end today, I want us to go because Ubaba dealt with a couple of things for the past few weeks about sin. And he, 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 he taught of the different types of sins. I'll just take 10 minutes. When he taught of the different types of sin, he taught about sin, about missing the mark. Sin, as in missing the mark. And he, talks, he, he taught about transgression, where I know that this is wrong. And I choose to do wrong. And then he taught about uh, iniquity. Where this sin has nothing, often has nothing to do with you committing it. But has everything to you just being born in the family you were born in. So you are born in a culture. He said, iniquity is a culture of sin. We do things this way, like her. And no one questions it. No one says that it is wrong. No ma ikabene 
but we don't see anything wrong with it because we great 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 grandmother did this so we are doing it as part of the first nature he also taught Ubabuguti, it is an institution of wickedness. That means there are even rules and, and regulations that allow us to do these things. When the government passes rules or passes a policy or legislation and it allows abortions, that is now an institution of iniquity. It started with one person committing abortion. Now look at this. Then they influenced another person about abortion. Then it was no longer just them. They happened to talk to someone with influence and money who could talk to someone at the highest level about making abortion legal. But because of their influence, they were able to go to the level of legislating this thing and making it a, 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 an institution. Now, okay, we have made it an institution. Well, how about building clinics and writing constitution that allows us, it, it makes it a right for me to commit abortion. So it makes it feel like it is not sin because it is Law. It is within law. That is an institution of iniquity, of wickedness. And Ubaba also shared with it. It changes the DNA. It stems our DNA. It is inherited uh, wickedness. It has perpetuity. It also, it talks about iniquity is predominant of a particular sin in a bloodline. Now, if you go to Ezekiel 18, as I close. This is a scripture now where most of us will, will like to use this as an excuse of not repenting. You know, when you read um, Exodus, Exodus 20, verse 5, Exodus 34, verse 7, Deuteronomy verse 8, it talks about how God visits the iniquity of the fathers up to the fourth generation, right? Those are the main scriptures. It says God visits the iniquity. I want us to just capture that word, iniquity. Because what iniquity does, iniquity writes a record and releases an account on behalf of your bloodline or on behalf of the nation. It reports to God that this is what we do. This is what has been institutionalized. This is what we, this is normal for us. And we have not changed. So when the Bible says God visits the iniquity, he comes to, he, he, God visits up to four generations to hear if the report is as what is being given in heaven. So he comes to reconcile the books. He comes to do an audit. Unamfundo is now the fourth generation of this bloodline. Is what was predominant wickedness in generation before her, is she still living this? Has she repented? Is it still 
prepare the report about her bloodline. Now that visit is an audit of my life. If I don't repent, then I open myself up for the wrath of God to be released. Because repentance calls for a response from God. That is called judgment. Now, most of us will, would have read Ezekiel 18. Ezekiel talks about the fact that uh, God, um, he says, I will no longer, a person will, will, die, will be punished for their own sin. Yes. Utilana verse 19. Yet you say, why should not the son suffer for the iniquity of the father when the son has done what is just and right and has been careful to observe all my statutes? He shall surely live. Can you see what is happening? All of a sudden, if you read this whole scripture, God is saying, the son will no longer die for, the, for what his father did. On condition that he repents. God will not ask Unom Undo to account for what her forefathers did if she repents. God will not call for us to account for our forefathers' sins if we repent. There's a condition, Bazalwan. Yeah, God is so gracious. God is so merciful. He doesn't want us to suffer. Just You know what God does? You know, when you read the book of Daniel, Daniel was a holy boy. He was a righteous boy. But when he wants Israel, the nation, to be released into a new season, you know what he does? He claims the sins of his forefathers. And he identifies with that sin. Because as much as God would have, would have allowed for him to live a nice life in Babylon, he understood that Babylon was not his portion. And for him to break into a new season, and a new season of restoration, he needed to identify with the sin of the forefathers. Repentance is an opportunity to restore a bloodline. Repentance is an opportunity to reclaim inheritance. As it, it, repentance doesn't say only claim the sin and the iniquity. Repentance says that when you have repentance, you now have the privilege of catching the, the, the mantles that your fathers and your forefathers would have walked in. That they lost because of their sin. Because every family, Bazalwane, has an anointing, has an inheritance from God. But what happens is sin causes a bloodline to be like Esau. It causes a bloodline to lose its birthright. Now repentance takes you from a place of the wilderness. And it positions you. For bloodline inheritance. Let me stop there, Bazalwan, and then we'll go to the next. Can we stand up, Bazalwan?
say, Father, help us. Can you just pray and ask the Lord to help you to repent? Father, help us to repent. Help us to respond to your call for repentance. If you read Proverbs 26, verse 2, it talks about Uguti. A curse without a cause does not land. If you feel that there is a curse over your life, even right now, understand that the Bible says a curse without a cause does not land. You are not experiencing a cause, a curse because of some injustice. The only way to break an atmosphere of a curse over your life is repentance. It, a curse has been allowed to settle in your life whether by your doing or by your forefathers doing and you need to recognize the door that opened up for that curse and you need to repent for that door and shut it. Father, we don't want to live under the atmosphere of a curse. If you read that scripture, it talks about the fact that the bird is always looking for a place to land. So in every generation, a curse is always looking for a landing place. But a lifestyle of repentance removes the landing, removes the nest where a curse or a bird can find comfort over my life. Father, we thank you for the privilege of repentance. We thank you for the privilege of shutting generational doors that have opened us up to curses, to sickness, to diseases. Father, we repent and we thank you for the opportunity of returning to you. We repent for neglecting this privilege. And we ask for you to help us, Father God, to, to repent on a daily basis, to create room and space for you to build a new institution of heaven, a new institution of righteousness, institutionalized holiness and righteousness. And we give you praise, Father, for the service. And I pray, Father, that you help us as Kingdom Embassy House to live a life of repentance, to live a life of shutting doors of the enemy and opening doors of the kingdom of God so that it may come and be made manifest in our finances, in our families, in our children, in our marriages, oh God, in our careers, in our schooling and careers. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Bazona sisa sisa zwa mangmana bena logo. Mamu uchuse kolume isinto eichulele ya kona mtaji. I want to strengthen you this way. You are leaving very soon. Yekes ede njengo baba mkulube uchuzi. I want to assure you. I want to uh, speak with over your life. We will not finish in this life like our ancestors did. Because it's ne it's ne sky. Repentance is like a weapon. Repentance is like a weapon. We are privileged in that we are able to hear the word of the Lord. And should we choose to apply it? Even if with all properties and everything else that you would have desired. But I assure you, family, 
If we repent and we walk with God. So kedala usatane abenga inchel so keda God. Even if it means ukuti zonki equality zetu, we have sorted them out. But the level that you are going to finish is not the level that the enemy expected. And if that's the case, you have prevailed. If that happens, you have won. This thing of, of, of the blessing and prospering does not mean that you are going to have a, a plane and you are going to... It does not mean that. It means that because Uzwe is weak, then close. You are going to cut off in the name of Jesus. Through repentance. Is indeed that we're meant to be passed on to your children and to your grandchildren. Even if that is what we are, we are accomplish, we have won. Because in Tandora, Satan has not prevailed. So I want to assure you, family, today that if we live a life of unplugging from the past, which is called repentance. We will finish better than our forefathers did. Lift up your hands as we pray and receive the blessing. Father, now your people, we thank you for the privilege of the word of God because the Bible says the entrance of your word brings light. Our forefathers, our ancestors, the line that we come from, our bloodline, they lived a certain way. They may not have received the gospel, but now we are here. And Father, we choose to disconnect ourselves from everything demonic, from everything satanic, from everything that was meant to bring death upon our lives, deterioration, everything that was meant to bring about a wasting away. Money comes, but it does not stay because it cannot remain because it is dealing with us. Father, I pray that your people will attract the blessing. I pray that they will have, they will be adhesive. They will stick. The blessing that you bring upon their lives shall stick. And Father, we repent today. We shall repent tomorrow. And we choose to live a life of repentance. Anything and everything in us that is reflective, anything with a smell and odor of wickedness and sin, we disconnect ourselves from it. We choose to unplug from that thing in Jesus' name. Every form of sin, every form of wickedness. If sin wets our appetite, we pray for the God that you help us. If sinfulness is what excites us, if walking with God and living a life of holiness amounts to boredom, if that bores us, we repent, Father, because the presence of God is the fullness of joy. 
We pray that you give us the joy that's going to propel us to want to walk with you, to wake up in the morning with a desire and appetite to chase after God so that we can remain under the blessing. So, Father, as your people go today, I thank you. We send them out this day to go and be a blessing. We send them out to go and repent. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. In the name of Jesus. So that our children can be blessed. Our grandchildren can be blessed. Their children's children will be impacted by the decisions that people under this roof chose to make. Now we bless your people, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless your family. Let's give the Lord a hand. The Lord is good. We thank God for we thank God for our family who joined us via Zoom. We love you. We cannot wait to see you. Uh, we have all the